What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are here with writer extraordinaire Torin Grontback. Welcome. Woo-hoo. Did I get did I get it right? Yeah, did that I... was that was really good. The Perfect. only thing is, like, if you if you're trying to say my name like the Norwegians would, okay. it would be Torin Grontback, but no one. <laughs> Like, that's not a thing. Yes. Like, no one says that. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd attempt to do it, but I feel like it would be insulting. No, but I think it's like, I don't get Like, just say it with confidence. That's how you say my name. Torin Grunbeck? Yeah, that was perfect. Oh, Lovely. Great. Just, right, again, great. confidence. Well, thanks for coming for the interview. That's all we need to say. <laughs> uh, we are big fans of your work. You obviously have a ton of stuff going on right now. I wanted to jump in and talk about Realm of X to yes. start, if that's cool. Um, so we've been doing a dedicated Fall of X podcast where we've been diving into the stuff. And Realm of X is such a interesting thing in the mix to me because it is literally taking these characters and throwing them off to the side. It's a fascinating, very unexpected mix of characters. Where did the idea start with? What did they come to you with? What did you throw in? How did this happen? Well, we, we knew we wanted to have like a set of characters in a very unexpected place. And we were sort of like, could, should we send them to Asgard? We, we were mm-hmm. discussing do, doing that at some point. And we didn't have the characters yet. We just, we wanted, uh, after sort of the fall, we, we wanted someone to be lost somewhere. Okay. And then I was trying to sort of figure out what we could do and who could be part of the team and how they would end up there. And the way they end up there, and I don't think you know this yet, so I'm not going to tell you, (laughs) but there is a certain... um, It needed to be a certain randomness to the cast because it wouldn't make sense if they were sort of like, oh, this is the team. Um, And because of the, the story sort of calls for a certain friction between the team members, if we're going to call them a team, the, the people who are by default a team because they're there together, sort of. Um, and, and this was sort of my dream cast, because I, I always say, I follow the story, but they're so brilliant. Like, they are my favorite X-Men, I think. Really? What, what do you like about that? What do you like about these characters in particular? What draws you oh to Oh my god, it's just, it's so, the thing is, like, Danny. As always, I, I've been able to write Danny before, and she's always sort of... I think she's a great character. She's in, uh, extremely interesting. Her powers are great. She's great. Like, that's all good stuff, right? I wanted Danny. I knew that. Uh, Marvel wanted magic, and I love magic, so I was fully on board with that. Uh, we had some sort of discussions. We knew the people in general loved magic. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it sort of, if we can have magic, then we can get away with, like, marrow. <laughs> yeah. Because... Yeah. <laughs> That's not necessarily like, like I know a lot of people love Marrow. I love yeah, Marrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Marrow's a sneaky like uh, underground hit. Yeah, I, I think so. It's like a B side, a great B side on an album. Uh, that's what I'm like. It's just, it's just excellent. Uh, but we couldn't have like five Marrows, if you know what I mean. Like, we, needed, <laughs> we needed something else. Um, and Justice, just she is one of my favorite characters. I think she's heavily like underutilized. I think she's great, um, and she's. She's got a sort of violence to her that I think, like when you, you really look at her powers and see what she can do, um, pro- she probably wouldn't use it as violently as she has the capacity to. Mm-hmm. But there's something interesting there. The sort of, I don't know. I really like the way the book is balancing, like you said, the the seeming randomness of the characters and then the prophecy stuff. Plus the sort of world where, like, they were going in a, as a culture, going a certain direction, and totally pulled away from it. Is that 
that feels like that's all going to come together into one sort of big smash-up. Uh, well, I mean, let's let's hope that's how it feels like. No, it's it's, it's interesting because it's it's we w- I didn't want to lose the X Men feel of it, which is sort of hard to do in Marlheim because it's so fantasy in yeah. yeah, and that's sort of how we ended up with the villain that we did. I'm not sure if we should spoil that. It's the last page of the first issue. I'm not sure if we can yeah. should tell the world. It's been out for a while. It's the White Witch. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Ah. And at some point, I realized I was writing along, and, and it's, it was happened purely by coincidence. But there's a certain Narnia element. Well, that's what we yeah. we were identifying that, and it feels again like you're playing with this fairy tale world, but it's also an X an X Men. The thing is, so tell me, like, because I've been struggling with this for the past six months. What makes a good X Men book, in your opinion? What's a good X Men book? Um, I mean, I would say part of it is that they're down and out, to put it simply. Like, they're always, like, on their back heels. They're always losing or on the brink of losing at all They're points. always miserable. <laughs> yeah, that's well, not their, even always miserable. Because unless they're playing about, baseball as a family. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I love the baseball stuff, and I love the happy stuff and the romance, but there's something about, like, they can never... And, and they have been, for a while, been mm. in this winning position, but clearly what Fall of X has done is they have put them back in the most awful way, in my opinion, in the X-Men sweet spot. Yeah. And my favorites are when the it's a seemingly random team, so crushing that with a strong intention. Because I feel like those end up being the ones where they feel so distinct from so many other previous X-Men stories. Very cool. I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot because I know what... I, well, I think I know what makes, yeah. like, a good Thor comic, and I think I know... Like, I think I know what makes a good Carnage comic, but what mm-hmm. makes a good X-Men comic has been a little elusive to me. Mm-hmm. Sort of what I've come up with, I've said this before, is, like, it's punching and horniness. Like, that's, that's it. <laughs> sure, you just have to sense. get the, the balance of... I, well, for me, it's just... Uh, it's a group of outcasts that somehow come together regardless of like how bad they're doing or whatever to save the day. Save the day. Well, that's a good one. Well, I want to ask you because, like you said, you're writing Thor, you have Carnage upcoming, right, at this point. Those are both solo characters. Is that something that's more comfortable for you than the team dynamic? Well, I, I think I think so. Uh, at least, like, the, the, the team thing, it's, it's sort of interesting, uh, especially in the Marvel setting, just because people are so obsessed with specific characters. So if you don't get them enough time in each issue, someone's going to be disappointed. And when I did Valkyrie, we often had Jane Foster and Runa but that sort of worked out because they weren't on the same page a lot. And when they were, they, they sort of worked very well together. Um, but when you have, like, we have, uh, we didn't get to Typhoid Mary earlier, oh, who yeah. is also just like, oh, I don't know, fucking delight yeah. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, if, you, if you're rather like, it, that, that was Laura Namaro, who is the editor, who is just a wonderful editor. Um, she was like, what about, what about Mary? That's the ultimate wild card. In that book, I was like, what? So we have Maro, who's sort of a wild card, and then you have Mary, who is just, she is is not cooperating with anyone. It's great. I love it. Uh, And I do enjoy having at least one character. Feels like me. I don't know. Feels like... Um, but it's it's more difficult to write uh, a good team book, I think, than than write a good solo book. Well, Mary's sort of the carnage of the X Men team. There, carnage right? of the X Men. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about Carnage then. Yes, he please. has been through so many permutations at this point. But I believe on your book, 
finally we're getting Cletus Cassidy back in the costume, or in some fashion. You give it a little oh, bit we're of a getting. Look. I'm not sure how much it's. I will say this: we're getting Cletus. We're getting '90s Cletus Cassidy. Right. That's yeah. what we're okay. getting, uh, and, and in the most symbiote way possible. <laughs> uh, and it's it's one of those things. Like there's one page where I'm like, ah, it might be too silly, but just go with it. Just don't, don't do not overthink it. Just go with it. You get Cletus from the '90s. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, and I went back and I read a bunch of the of the Carnage comics from the from the '90s, which they were the ones who got me into Carnage in the first place. Um, um, and they they are fucking insane. Like yeah. the, just uh, the, the inner monologue, everything. There's a I don't know. There's a blood to it that I really enjoy. Well, to dig into that a little further, to throw the X-Men question back at you, what works about a Carnage book? See, oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, especially, I know that we need some symbiote nonsense, right? We need some pages <laughs> with just, like, they're just... Some goofy. Yeah. Some we, goofy we, pages. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch of punching and a bunch of nonsense. But the thing about, the thing yes. about Cletus is that you also need some twistedness. You need some horror that will sort of fuck with your mind as well as your, you know, the visuals. Um, I would like you at some point during this run to be like, well, Cletus makes some good points. That's what <laughs> oh, we're going wow. for. We're That's gonna, quite... I want to have you be like, well, it's sort of... First of all, Pere is... Killing all the pages, they're just they're just beautiful. He's sort of hot, which is disturbing. Oh yeah, and he makes some good points. Well, <laughs> well I think really that, that kind of leads gorgeous, into so. how people treat serial killers, right? Yeah. Like that they fetishize them in a certain exactly. way. Exactly, okay. uh, and there's a whole thing. I am I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying it so much. I would say I don't think I've ever written a book that sort of came as easily, which I'm not sure oh, what that says about me. <laughs> but it's just it's been a joy, and it's been a joy to see the pages come in. And I'm I, if people hate this book, I don't think I I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because it's just it's there. It's all there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Thor a little bit because it feels like it is part of this enormous Uber story that is building in Marvel. It's a key part of it. Uh, what what is it like having that responsibility to sort of put in these building blocks that are leading up to something? Up to something. Well, the thing is, like, it is interesting to figure out what we can give away and what we can't and which sort of threads to tighten up before Al sort of took over. We need. We knew we needed to... Well, as, like, the Valkyrie woman at Marvel, mm-hmm. I, it was important to me that we resolve the souls that were lost from Valhalla. Mm-hmm. We needed to get them back. I, like... Yeah. Like, Jane Foster would not be having coffee somewhere if all the souls were lost. Like, that's not yeah. a thing. Um, so we had some things that we really needed to do, and we still wanted to keep some things warm while not giving too much weight. It's a, it's a balancing act. I don't know. It's well, a, is it, especially between Thor and Carnage, like, there's been a lot of just mythology. I mean, Thor has real-life mythology, and then so much of Marvel mythology. Carnage has just developed all this mythology. How are you carving your way through all of this this story that's there? Well, for for Carnage, like Carnage ends like the, the the previous book with being sort of like, am I a god? Am I what what's going on? So that is a main part of the the book is him trying to figure out sort of what what is he? Is he is if he has the powers of a god, does that make him a god? And if so, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are playing around a lot with mythology. Um, but without being too hoity-toity about it, it's just sort of like we're just sort of fucking around with everyone who uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's I don't want to give anything away, but I'm uh, uh, just, uh, there's no 
Uh, well, I, uh, mythology base is a big part of it. I can say that. Yeah. Um, well, and it feels like Carnage, though, play. It makes sense to play fast and loose with it because Carnage would do that. Yeah. And men, and Thor, it feels like is a little more formal with it because that's what Thor would do. Oh yeah, and I think like I I come I was there. I'm from Norway. If that wasn't clear, I'm I'm named after Thor. Uh, my like I grew up with the the Norse myths as a sort of like the stories that were told mm-hmm. yeah. in fun ways. Um, and and I always thought there is a certain joy to the Marvel Universe, how they treat mythology. And, and I was working with... My first book at Marvel was co-writing with Jason. And Jason was sort of like, do whatever you want, go ahead. So I kept texting him like, can I, can I make up a planet? He's like, <laughs> darling, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, oh, can I? And, and there is a sort of... When you sort of get to that point, probably like, I can do whatever we can have you can just have a bunch of fun as long as it need to make sense to a certain extent it's great now when you tell people back home that you're working on Thor do they like roll their eyes like it's a little over the plate well the thing is like some people I don't know Norwegians are weird uh, there is a, the other thing is like they don't understand what I do that's yeah. the thing so I have to start from the very from beginning zero. like I write the comics and they're like what, what does that mean like I Page one, panel one, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it's very hard to explain. My mother, um, who is, she's, like, I used to, just to set this context here, I used to go to Viking Festival in full Viking garb. Yeah. Oh, and wow. sit around tending the fire for a week at the time when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> you, I'm a fucking parody of a Norwegian. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's insane. On the nose. Yeah, but it's, it's ridiculous. Like, my name means the one who's loved by Thor. Seriously, wow. like, it's ridiculous. Oh, there it is. Does that put uh, pressure on you then? Well, I don't know. Like it's just, well, <laughs> son, it's a thing that Americans seem to enjoy a lot. Yeah. And every time I, I keep telling this story about my name because I think it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was usually at Comic Cons where people go, "I don't understand your name." I go, oh, "You know the god Thor? It's Thor Un." And like, "Oh, sure, right." And I, I try that uh, at a train from like LA to Kansas with some random dude I was having dinner with just because they place you with random people. Right. And he, I said, so you know the god Thor? And he threw his fist on the table and went, there's only one god. And I was like, oh, very like, oh. oh. I love you. You're yeah. so, oh. Uh, my name translates to um, the one who podcasts at Comic-Cons. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was also fate. Also very on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you, you're also doing Red Sonja at yes. the same time. And this feels like there's been this feels like and I say this complimentarily more of a traditional run on Red Sonja like really digging into those classic Red Sonja style adventures yes. uh, what draws you to her? Well the thing is like I used to play Red Sonja as a kid like running around in the forest with a, <laughs> like an actual sword So you sword. no choice but yeah, to write have, all of these comics no, like, your, your, your whole destiny is And like, you were a serial killer for a while I, right? Yeah, absolutely honey oh, Yes <laughs> Yeah, that, there was. I, when when Joe asked me if I wanted to, I, I don't think I've ever said yes to any project faster. It was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And it's been a sort of because there. I don't feel the need to teach anyone about anything in Red Sonja. It's just <laughs> fun. I just want everyone to get all the stupid jokes. That's what I'm going for. And there's so Genius. Like, there is one in the the free comic book day issue where. Um, she's walking past a wall, like there's a sort of like a just piece of justice, a guy chopping off arms for people who have stolen things. Mm-hmm. So there's a 
there's a wall of arms and it says they stole and then there's a bunch of heads of people who have been de- decapitated and it says they murdered and then there's just a wall with they raped and you can't really see what's <laughs> hanging there <laughs> and I got some angry fucking emails about that one really? <laughs> I'm like yes this is yeah Good. but the thing is like, it's free comic book day it was yeah. uh, I assume kids were buying oh, it no. I would yeah. yeah. well that's how the parents that's how the parents uh, yeah, yeah I don't know it was, I, the, the kids should be reading this let yeah. the kids have something yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're doing in this country. It sounds like there's a natural crossover potentially between Red Sony and Carnage in your. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, like, it, it is a. Uh, the, they're, they're both. There's a lot of murder in both of them. A lot yeah. of heads flying. I don't know. <laughs> what else should people be checking out from you, if anything? What else do you want to plug? Well, I'm, I'm doing Venom with oh, Al right. Ewing, uh, which is sort of uh, like we're, we're, we're splitting up the issues. So I'm writing some issues, he's writing some issues, and then we're going to tie it up in the end. Uh, and it's a, it's a deliciously fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Venom is a very sort of... Venom is it like... So what makes a good Venom comic, do you think? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's a lot of just... Eating bad guys is what makes a good brains. Eating definitely. bad guys. This is good. <laughs> Do you like the chains? Uh, no, I said eating brains. Um, oh, brains. I don't know. It's funny you say that. I feel like we've read so much Venom, and I, my favorite from the recent few, like sort of five years, has been the Eddie-focused yep. stuff. Uh, so, like, I, I think Eddie, especially going back to the origin, it was all him. You know, he made the character, and then it's gotten a bit far afield. So I like, I like bringing it back. Yeah, I've heard that from from several people. I find I did, but it's always interesting to try to balance the sort of how to keep a character moving forward without sort of destroying what makes it great in the first place. Um, and like with Red Sonia, I wanted to go big and back to basic. I, I did not want to be like, oh, Red Sonia gets a job. Like, like, that's not. <laughs> we'll see if she's a boss lady. I don't know. It's that's not a thing. So uh, we just went big and back to basic, but I suppose the, the trick there is to find something uh, just to delight people within the genre that is quite predictable in many ways. Yeah. With, uh, with Venom, it's I always forget how emotional the start of Venom is. It's like this guy, he's like suffering and the symbiote finds him and all the symbiote being like uh, jilted by, by Peter Parker. It's sort of like, it's such a weird like, love triangle almost yep. that like that part I feel like has been a little bit lost oh yeah and now we have like we have a lot of daddy issues right now we can't, mm-hmm. we can't really get away from that but, and I'm I'm writing like Toxin Toxin and Venom together so you have Bren who has Ozark as his dad and that's not working out quite well and Dylan yeah. is running around being angry with Eddie for fucking off and it's <laughs> that's not great like it's, it's a, like daddy issue central um, it, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot and this is fine but it's a lot of darkness and violence and dark characters do you have any urge to be like I'm gonna do a My Little Pony book no <laughs> no no alright which of those ponies I'm kills doing, is my question I'm, I'm doing Nightmare Before Christmas now oh. uh, which is a fun thing technically okay. but it is one of those like it's 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 Disney it's 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 American I'm just trying to figure out like how how far can we uh, yeah. we come <laughs> apparently the voice of Jack Skellington was here did you get to meet him no I would ha- I don't give a shit about him so far, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't give less of a shit I'm sure he's a lovely man I just sure, couldn't couldn't <laughs> even try to give a shit totally fair where can people check you out online 
Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I don't, I'm on all the things. All the Just things. Google my name. You'll find me. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Torn? Yeah. Close? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. It was yeah, a pleasure chatting. So Lovely. great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You bet. And if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comics. Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok or Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop. <laughs>